What on earth was that? We don't need an intro today. I think we're gonna skip it. Uh, first of all, that was a miserable 56 minutes, just filled with the weirdest things. We had Robertson in the top six to start. You had Nylander at center. You had this Tavares, Matthews, Marner power line. You had Jason Spezza fighting. I was legitimately thinking that that was going to be Marner's last game as a Leaf. Like, if you get shut out there, I think something big was going to happen. Uh, less than four minutes left, down three, the Leafs pull off this miraculous comeback, win it in overtime. Nick, I don't even know where to start tonight. Where's where's your head at right now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I wasn't watching the game with my computer. I was literally just watching the game. Um, so not like my usual setup. And I don't know. I don't even know how we're supposed to even review this game today. That was easily like 2013 game seven included last night included i think that this game tonight was the craziest game i've ever watched in my life i i think so as well i think it's even more like comparing it to the boston comeback the 4-1 game i think this was even more more amazing like just to, let's quickly break down the goals here so 357 left the leafs win the face off marner throws the puck at the net kind of innocently Hyman swipes at it, ends up on Nylander's stick, and I don't even react when it goes in. It's just like, okay, whatever, 3-1. You know, I'm not even happy at that point. 51 seconds later, Matthews gets the fuck on the on the left side boards, finds Tavares in the slot. Just a perfect shot. Now you have 306 left. Uh, and then of course we saw Dubois miss the empty net. Uh, Hyman ties it with 23 seconds left. Didn't it just feel like the Leafs were gonna win in overtime? Once they got to overtime, yeah. But like, same, same with me. Like three one, I was not cheering. I thought I was laughing to, because it almost just felt like the exact thing we've watched this particular Leafs team do all year, where they just play so bad, and then right when you think the game's over, they start to play and they score, and then all of a sudden they find their legs, which is something we saw today, where they get that first goal, and then all of a sudden you see some life in all these all the all the players. And then even at the Tavares goal, I was I still found it hilarious. I was like, of course, like now it's a game. But then I looked at the clock and I was like, wait a second, it's a one goal game, three minutes left, and the Leafs are the ones that need a goal, a team that can score. Like, I mean, we we should have known this a while ago, but you can never count out this Leafs team. They are, you know, th- their ability to score is just incredible. I was like half watching at that point at the Tavares goal. Then I start obviously watching intently one goal game. I thought that Pierre-Luc Dubois shot went in. It hits the side of the net. So it looks like it's in. Uh, so I thought they were done there. It was almost like, yeah, okay, good try at the comeback. It was close. At least you kind of gave him a run. But, you know, there goes there goes that. But sure enough, it hits the side of the net. Uh, and the Leafs had some good chances in the final minute before the Hyman goal. So... Like they they finally get another entry, kind of a last a last ditch effort here, and Matthews finds Hyman. Hyman somehow beats uh, Elvis, and and what do you have? It we're going in overtime, and then sure enough, it was, it was quite a bit of overtime there too. Thirteen ten, uh, Riley went into the board super awkwardly. I think he had to call the ref had to call that in real time. I thought it was a penalty. Uh, it, it looked bad. Riley looked hurt, uh, and. I, I thought they were going to be without Riley there for a bit. And then, sure enough, the Leafs win the faceoff, capitalize. You got to, you know, you got to take advantage of your opportunities. The Leafs did just that. Uh, so I know I know Nick Foligno's not happy, but I'm certainly not apologizing to the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
the Leafs have had their fair share of bad luck over the years. And, you know, Nick, we're going to have a game five on, on Sunday night. Nick Foligno complaining about that was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like Columbus has gotten away with so much, so many things, like especially from game two to now. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you told me this like two hours ago, I would not believe you at all. But, um, you know, it, it's crazy. I mean, I, I think there, there should be a lot of credit given to Keefe. Um, obviously, putting it, it really isn't rocket science, putting Mar- Matthews, Marner, and Tavares together when you're down in an elimination game. But this is something that we haven't seen in the past. And today, it it pays off in a big way. I wasn't, you know, I don't know how I really felt about the Nylander, Hyman, Kapanen line. I thought it was a little bit of a random line, obviously. But, um, I mean... Yeah, I think, I think you tweeted it. Like, when was the last time we saw Nylander at center? It's it's crazy. Yeah. I think we'll get into Keefe in a minute here. I think, you know, I wasn't all that happy, with, especially with his first two periods. But um, let's hold off on that for now. I'll get into that later. Nick, let's get into three stars here. Who is your number one star tonight? I'm going to go Jason Spezza. I thought that fight was, wow. was, was awesome. I mean... When I when I when everyone stopped playing and then the camera panned over, I thought it was going to be Clifford that was fighting, and then you see it's Jason Spezza, and that fight went on for quite a while. Um, at that time, I tweeted that Jason Spezza is a Leafs fan. I mean, a guy that came here for for a million dollars on as a UFA uh, just to win with his childhood team, and then teams facing elimination, the team needs a spark. Who's the guy that that tries to do it? It's Jason Spezza. So easy first star for me. Yeah, not even a million dollars, seven hundred k. And I was gonna say looking under. at yeah. <laughs> seven hundred, yeah, the league minimum. And uh, just keeps keeps coming after the game here. Jason Spezza did not want our season to end today. That's a guy not going down literally without a fight. So unreal, you know, kind of a kind of an old school pick due to the fight. Uh, didn't get on the board, but I like it. I'll give it to you. I'm going my first star, Kasperi Kapanen, with the overtime winner. The left-handed one-timer, according to Jim Hewson. Uh, I don't know how he thought that was Kasperi Kapanen, but <laughs> I'm going to give mine to Matthews in reality here uh, for the overtime winner. Just a huge goal. A uh, couple of nice assists uh, in, the, in the third there to lead the comeback. I thought Matthews was terrible in the first, uh, just completely invisible. I thought he was terrible in the second, or at least pretty, pretty bad. But uh, he ended up with 10 shots on goal. Uh, and, and obviously, in the end, he came through with a couple of assists and, and a huge one-timer there at the end. So uh, I, it wasn't a, a consistent game for Matthews, but in the end, I'll, I'll give him my first. Nick, who's your second here? Yeah, my second was uh, Austin Matthews. I mean, I think I think in that last five minutes of the third, uh, he was one of the best players, I think. Obviously, the, all the, the big players came to play, but I thought Matthews stuck out. And then in overtime, I mean, it, you just knew it had to be him. Um that shot, and as soon as Tavares got it over to him, I mean, that puck got in that night in a hurry, and we know how his release is. And, and I mean, it's I, I'm almost at a loss for words. I can't even believe we're talking about this right now. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Matthews. All right. I'm going to make you pick another one here, but I'm going to take take uh, the pick here first. I'm going Zach Hyman for my second uh, because he tied the game up. I, again, I didn't think that line was good all night. Uh, but in the end, he scored a huge goal, biggest goal in, in as a Leaf as I as I can remember. I don't really remember a goal much bigger than easily. that. Easily, 
Uh, yeah, easily. Just just the reaction it, it got um, from me and, and from the Leafs on the ice. Uh, 23 seconds left. Uh, I And it, it's funny, Zach Hyman, when they signed him, when he was on the Marlies, I always thought he was going to be this fourth line checker, like a Nikita Shostakov type. Kind of just grinds his way by winning battles. Uh, we always kind of made fun of him for not being able to put the puck in the net. And sure enough, look who it is scoring uh, the tying goal with the extra attacker out there. He's on the ice. Uh, just I, I think everyone just loves watching Hyman. It's easy guy to root for and uh, just, just obviously great to see. So he's my second star. Uh, Nick, I'm making you pick another second star here. Oh, another second one? Yeah. Uh, I'll touch upon Hyman real quick. I think that he has been a pretty underwhelming throughout the series. Uh, I think the same can be said about Mikheyev. Uh, the Leafs kind of have a, a system where they have two really skilled guys on their top in their top six, and then e- for each line, I mean, and then they have one puck retriever slash grinder. And I feel like the puck retriever slash grinders in this series have been kind of overmatched by Columbus's defenders. Um, so Mikheyev and Hyman. Um, both of them have kind of had a tough series. I thought today Hyman really, he was really one of like just fighting all game. And and one thing that I've, I've really liked in the past and just throughout this year with Hyman is just his ability to not only win pucks down low, but it's it's a special ability to gain time and just waste time when he's down there and wait for more support. And I thought in that last five minutes, he was fantastic at that. Getting down low, you know, keeping pucks... Um, against the boards and waiting for guys like Matthews and Matt Marner to come around and make a play. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty unique skill, I would say, and it's kind of a random one, but it's something Hyman just does so well. Uh, my, so the other star that I'll go with, I'm going to go with Mitch Marner. I know you're not going to like this one, um, especially after thinking that he was going to get traded. And But it's, it's weird. Like I, I think that at the end, all the stars kind of showed up, and you look at the score sheet at the end of the night, and Marner goes from you know, zero points and, and not really impacting the series very much to three assists tonight. So uh, I thought he was influential in that last goal, just kind of digging the puck on the um, on the half boards and then that little backhander to Tavares before Tavares gave it to Matthews for the goal. So, uh, you know, game five is going to come up and I think Marner needs to show up there as well uh, for, for the full 60, hopefully. But, you know, like I said in the last podcast, if this team wants to move on to the next round, Marner needs to be at his best. And for that, for the limited time in the third period and in overtime, I thought he was great. Yeah, I don't mind that pick. So first, I agree with your point that uh, the Leafs' heavy forwards, the, for, the primary four checkers, Hyman and Mackay, have been overmatched. That was a good point. Um, second, I think I think Marner's a fine pick. I think uh, early on, uh, obviously that line wasn't having much success. Uh, I think a lot of people on Twitter were blaming Marner. I was blaming more Matthews. I thought Marner was was somewhat okay there, uh, the first half of the game at least. Um, but I did think that you know if they if they lose three nothing tonight, I think there's going to be a big shakeup. And of the big four, uh, the guy that's most likely to go is, is Marner for sure. Nylander's on a on a bargain contract. Tavares has the full no move. You're definitely not trading Matthews. You know, I think the Leafs at least listen on a Marner deal if if they went down that easily tonight. Um, especially just with that contract and how his contract's structured, uh, where like a non-cap team could have him for about $7 million a year in, in real money. Um, 
it, it just felt like that could have been, if the Leafs go down there, like something big was going to happen, whether it's Marner, whether it's Riley. Um, I, I think something big was, was possible, to say the least. Uh, at least it was on my radar. So I don't mind the star selection. Again, they came through in the end. Uh, I think, you know, anytime you have three assists and eight shots on goal, you're probably deserving. Um, so yeah, not a, not a bad choice at all. I'm going to go for my third, John Tavares. Uh, just a perfect shot for that second goal. Uh, it, it was kind of fun seeing the Tavares-Matthews-Marner line. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised when they went back to it in overtime. I thought they were going to go, you know, the more conservative approach, uh, especially given how little Nylanders played center. Um, but, you know, it worked. So uh, I, I guess, I guess uh, we'll take it. Uh, but it was a, a great goal by Tavares to really kick things off. A perfect shot. It felt like nothing was going to beat Elvis. And that was the goal that really kind of sprung some life into the Leafs. I think the first one was like, okay, like whatever, 3-1. You know, you have at least some hope, but not much. But that second goal really put life. It really seemed like the Leafs had a chance all of a sudden uh, out of nowhere. So I'll, I'll give Tavares that, the captain, for you know helping to lead the comeback there. Finishes with a goal and assist, six shots. Uh, I think he's very deserving tonight. Played almost 27 minutes. Uh, so that's my third. Nick, I need one more star out of Yeah, I'm going to go off the board here. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ooh. Pierre Engvall here. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, I think that he was... I thought the fourth line was... He was my fourth. He was your fourth? Okay, so I'll take that one. So I think he... I thought, I thought the fourth line was great tonight. Uh, I thought Sheldon Keefe really trusted them tonight in some key... in, in some Having some key shifts. And I thought Pierre Engvall looked like the best player on that fourth line. Uh, just his neutral zone, the way that he can carry the puck and transport it from the defensive zone to the offensive zone. I thought that he really tried to to even generate a lot of offense for that fourth line and, and even was the, the kind of the, the primary generator of that offense for that line. So uh, again, I, I don't think that because of how good the fourth line played today, I don't think that Keith can go to, to 11 forwards and 7D for that game five. And I'm sure we'll talk about some adjustments and whatnot that he can make for that. But again, huge uh, fan of that fourth line. And Pierre Engvall was uh, was the leader on that line tonight. Yeah, I think with Engvall, I tweeted before the game, Engvall hadn't scored in 28, well, he scored one goal in 28 games. It was against David Ayers. So I, I tweeted before the game that I, I thought he was going to score. And he came awfully close. He had one close one early. Uh, I think towards the end, uh, I thought he was going to do it. And uh, a few good chances, not just one, but a few good chances. So, you know, anytime you do that in the fourth line, you're not playing major minutes. Uh, I give him credit for that. They did take a regular shift tonight, the fourth line. Um, but again, you're playing with, with Clifford and Spezza. You know, you don't really know what to expect from that line. I thought they played heavy hockey. They played very well. So, yeah, Engvall was my sleeper pick. I couldn't pick him because I went, obviously, with kind of, you know. You went mainstream. I, I went mainstream there. <laughs> Matthews, Hyman, Tavares, the go three goal scorers. You know, we'll give we'll give Willie an honorable mention here because he he kind of start scored the goal to start things off and also had an assist. Um, but yeah, I thought Engel was a good sleeper pick despite you know not being on the scoreboard. I like that pick from you. All right, let's move on here. Um, I guess a few things. I didn't really. I wasn't a big fan of uh, Keith in the first. I, I guess I'll blame Keith a bit. I didn't like how the Leafs came out. Thought they came out flat. Um, I didn't like how in game t in game two and the first half of game three they were really stretching Columbus out. 
They had this game plan that they were going to attack, attack, attack. They looked great, and then they just got away from it. it they looked the, the Leafs in this game for the first 56 minutes looked like the game one Leafs. They just looked like they had no plan, no urgency, uh, like they were trying to win a one nothing game despite the fact that Columbus was up 2-0. Um, I, I just thought it was a brutal approach. Um, some of the decisions I kind of question in hindsight, like it was weird having Nylander at center. Um, like, if you're going to do that, I'd like to see him at center in a game against Detroit in, in January to get him some reps there. Uh, it feels like Nylander just all of a sudden is, is a center come playoff time, which is, like, the weirdest thing. Um, <laughs> normally, it's the opposite. Normally, you're moving centers to the wing. Um, so, Nylander's kind of discovering how to do it. We haven't seen that Tavares-Matthews-Marner line all year other than post-penalty kill, as far as I'm aware. Um I actually liked Robertson in the top six. Thought he had the best chance for the first forty minutes, um, but that that was a short uh, short leash. Um, so yeah, I, like I, I think this game kind of did a complete a, a complete turn in, in the last four minutes. Otherwise, we're probably having much different conversations right now. We're probably talking about you know Keith's struggles. We're probably talking about you know what if, is there a big move coming? Uh, we're probably talking about. You know why the Leafs can't can't come through in the big games, and and sure enough, they did tonight. So I guess it is a, a it's it's nice that we're having these positive conversations, to say the least. Yeah, when it when it comes to Keith, I, th- I think that the I guess the idea behind his lines early was, I mean, I, I think he just wanted to get his three best offensive players on the line, and after that, he just kind of made do with what was left. Um, I definitely don't think like Nyland, and I'm not saying that you think this, but um, I think that he just kind of makeshift that that Nylander, uh, Mikheyev, Hyman line. But and I guess in the end, I mean that Marner, Matthews, Tavares line, that that combo, that combination there is kind of a big reason why they had that comeback. Um, So I'll give him credit there, but I definitely agree with that first part you said. Like that first 40 minutes. It did look like they didn't have a plan. I thought they looked disjointed. Um, just even their breakouts were all over the place. In the neutral zone, they couldn't complete passes. Uh, it just felt like nothing was going their way. And Columbus was the team that was just kind of just playing a lot better than the Leafs. It looked like they cared a lot more. Um, it's almost like lazy, lazy analysis, but that's really what I thought it was. I thought that the effort level um, just wasn't there from the Leafs. And, and even for the shifts that it was, it was you know, one player out of five having a good effort level. Yeah, um, it was pathetic. It was, it was just, compl- it was completely disjointed. And even for most of the third, if, if we're being real. But I think this game was just like the things that we're going to really, I really wanted to like kind of point out some really memorable portions of this game. Like at 3-2, I think all of Leafs Nation, when Nylander was in his own end and he just kept twirling back and forth, I was screaming at my TV saying there's like less than a minute left, like get going up the ice. Like that was one of the funniest parts of this game, especially in hindsight after Hyman scoring like 20 seconds later. Yeah. I think, uh, just, just the weirdest game. Like so many weird things happen there. Um, whether it be, you know, the lines, uh, Spezza fighting, just, just the weirdest game. Um, I guess in terms of that big line, the Tavares Matthews Marner line, I wasn't really a big fan. I think, uh, like they did score late, but I think that's a line we're gonna see anyways at that point. Like with the goalie pulled, you expect those six to be on the on the ice. Like 
regardless of what the lines are. Um, so they didn't really get much going uh, before that, before the goalie was out. Um, and it felt like the Leafs were a bit of a one-line team. I didn't really think the the Nylander, uh, he's with Mikhaev and Kapanen. I didn't really like that line. Uh, you know, the fourth line played well, but I'm not thrilled when they're out there. Like, I'm not expecting a goal when they're out there. So it just felt like they were a bit of a one-line team. Um, and then I didn't really like putting Kapanen on the top six over Robertson. I really liked the decision to put Robertson there to start. Uh, just because Mikhaev isn't the best playmaker. He's not the best goal scorer. I didn't think I liked I liked the third line most of the series, but Robertson wasn't really getting a lot of chances, and I think Tavares, you know, a guy that made Matt Molson a thirty goal scorer on a regular basis, I thought putting him in Nylander with Robertson was a great idea. Uh, it almost worked in the first. Robertson got a great chance. I know Robertson fell down on that first goal, but you know I didn't really blame him for that. It was just kind of a fluke play. Um, but Robertson only played twelve minutes tonight, um, and and Nick. Now I'm curious because I thought. Once the Leafs tied it, once they went to overtime, I was expecting to go a Matthews line, a Tavares line, as per usual. Keith kept the, the power line. So in, in game five here, what are you expecting in terms of lines, or, or what do you want to see? Yeah, I thought in overtime I was okay with Keith keeping it the same. Um, I just felt like that that there was so much momentum that it was like, just keep it the way things are, even though it is disjointed and... And you kind of had that weird Nylander line. I was okay with him keeping it. And, I mean, in hindsight, it's easy to say that. Going into Game 5, I would like to see the lines how they were before. So I definitely don't want to see a power line. Um, I think you just need to play this game like like how they play Game 2. Um, and even Game 3 to a certain extent, except for the, for the ending, obviously. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. We won't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we won't bring that up. But, I mean, other than that, I thought Game 3, they played good, right? But, again, we're not going to bring that up. But you just want to try and emulate Game 2, I think, here. You want to try and um, clean up your breakouts, stretch them out when you can. Really, you need to have that forecheck and really come in waves there and have that effort level. You, you can't come out flat like you did today and, you know, hope that, you know, you can score three goals in five five minutes like they did today. So, I think in Game 5, I definitely want to see Matthews and Marner uh, with Hyman, then the Mikheyev-Nylander-Tavares line. I've like, I did like Robertson at the beginning of the game there with the top six, but I, I do like him on that third line. It kind of gives them an extra punch. I think Kerfoot's been great, so and Kapanen's obviously had a great series, so I think that line should stay together. And keeping that fourth line is also together is also really important. Um, when it comes to the, yeah, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, you can touch upon the, the forward lines and then we'll get to the D. Yeah. With the forward lines, I, I agree with almost everything you said there. A, you can't possibly, uh, play like you did in the first 55 minutes of this game in game five. You can't, it felt like they were do like, they were just miserable. Couldn't get anything going. <laughs> um, I, I do like, I still like that idea of Robertson in the top, in the top six, um, I don't mind, like, I don't mind Marner with Tavares. I know everyone, because everyone thinks he, he's better with Matthews, but he led the league in primary points per minute at 5-on-5 five five with Tavares a couple of years back. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Marner with, with either of them. Uh, I did like having Robertson up there. I don't know, like, after playing 12 minutes tonight, I have no idea where Robertson's going to be. Um, it almost feels like Keith might rely on his fourth line, almost making him a third line now. Uh, I haven't been a big fan of Kapanen 
uh, in terms of playing in the top six. Like, I just don't think he complements those players well. I think he's a good third-line player who can kind of stretch the ice and, and hopefully get you a breakaway goal or two. Uh, I just don't like him in the top six. I don't like him on the power play. Uh, I, I like him on the third line in the penalty kill. I think that's his role. Um, so, you know, well, I guess we'll see. But I, I do think that I'd like, you know, the overtime, I guess I didn't hate it. Like, it, it felt like they were playing with house money. So it was like, whatever, you can convince me of anything in overtime. Um, just on, I was on cloud nine there. But I think once Keith has time to think about it, he might go back. I expect him to go back to Matthews in one line, Tavares on another. Just thinks it, it makes the Leafs deeper, takes advantage of their depth, um, and and you know it's just weird seeing Nylander at center because we don't really know what to expect. Uh, we we've never seen a line like that all year, so you know it'd be a little bit odd if if he went with that for a full game, game five. We'll see. Um, but yeah. I guess Nick, it, it doesn't it feel like I think what's so dangerous is just it feels like they're playing with house money now. It feels like. Uh, they were out, they were done, and they came back, and now it's just, you know, they'll take whatever now. Or, you know, it's like a completely different mindset. I think for most of this series, it was almost, at least felt almost like they were expected to win, like they had all the pressure, Columbus had none. Now it feels like the Leafs just have, you know, they're playing with house money. It feels like the pressure's now on the Blue Jackets to avoid kind of a collapse, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Historic collapse. Um, so now it feels just like, and we've seen it in the past. We saw Boston with their comeback with the Leafs. Um, we saw the Washington Capitals came back against Columbus when they won the Cup. Uh, it just feels like it's just a great feeling to to kind of overcome that, to show that perseverance and almost playing with house money. Potentially. I don't know. I, I think that, I, think, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, I mean, if the Blue Jackets are not really a big market team. And I think that if the Leafs lose this, like you know how the Leafs media is and, and how we are. If the Leafs lose this next game, everything that we're feeling right now and all the narratives, that the good narratives that are going on right now, you can throw those out the window because it's going to be the same narratives that if they did lose this game 3 nothing or pretty close to it. So I think I still think there is a certain amount of pressure on this Leafs team. At the end of the day, like the way I look at it, it's now a best of one series, and they're expected to win this game against Columbus because they're the better team. Uh, I guess it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens here. Obviously, we're, it, it's nice to be watching a, a, a huge game on Sunday night. It makes my Sunday night a much much more interesting. And I guess like we didn't even know when the Leafs would play next if they lost tonight. Like We don't know when what's going to happen with the NHL season. We don't know if, if teams are going to be traveling to other buildings, if it's going to start in January. Uh, we really don't know what the plan is or... Even if you do have a plan, you don't really know what's going to happen if, if that plan's going to be able to be executed. So, uh, just I'm just happy to be seeing one more Leafs game. Uh, hopefully, seeing one more game in this core, uh, seeing how it goes, uh, seeing one more game in Nick Robertson. Uh, it, it just feels like for me, it feels like house money. Uh, if you know, I think it would have just been completely awful to go down in four to Columbus with a, getting it shut out twice. Uh, just the way they played tonight was miserable. So I think I'm expecting a better a better showing in, in, in Game 5, and you know I guess it can't be any worse. Yeah, I mean, the result could probably be worse. But yeah, I, uh, you definitely hope that they don't come out because for 55 minutes they were brutal tonight. But here, here's a good tweet to, to kind of close off on. 
So someone tweeted at uh, Grandma Doobie saying, can someone make sure that Grandma Doobie is okay after this game? Question mark. At Kyle Dubas. Marietta responds, never any doubt. I'm an old tough bird, but not sure I can handle much of this. Go Leafs go. <laughs> All right, I think we gotta give Marietta one of the three stars. We'll kick, we'll kick Engvall yeah, out. Sorry, Engvall. Yeah, yeah, poor Engvall. It, but I think you does understand. It's uh, players and grandmas that are eligible for the three stars, so yeah. she's uh, she's getting her third. But with that being said, Nick, I'm excited to be talking about a Leafs win. I'm a little bit surprised we're talking about a Leafs win tonight. Uh, great talking to you as always, and we'll see everybody after next game.